ಶ್ರುತಿಂ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಉದಸ್ಯತೆ ವಿಧೋ ಕ್ಲಿಶ್ಯಂತಿಯೇ ಕೇವಲ ಬೋಧಲಬ್ಧೇ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾಸ್ಟ್ರೈಯರ್ಸ್ ಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಯುಲೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಗ್ರೌಂಡ್ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಲೇಬರ್ ಟು ಗೇನ್ a meticulous understanding of material world by distinguishing between simple and pious activities but who are not situated in devotional service are prone to material activities they may fall down and become implicated in fruitive activities i think i will explain this or uh, this is kind of intro to this verse connecting to previous verse so we will go systematically so that we can remember so you can just remember what we read so far om jnana vibhramthasya jnananjakshalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha jay shri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda shri advaita gadata shri vasadi gora bhakta vrinda hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So in the beginning of this chapter, Shukadeva Goswami presents two processes as a solution to counteract sinful reactions. First one is Karmakanta, where the process of atonement or Prajita is described. and then the process of jnana yoga so here when shukadeva goswami presented the process of atonement or prayaschitta maharaj parikshit outrightly rejected it he said prayaschittam adho paatham kunjara shauchava manne kunjara shauchava So he said, Prajitam is apartham, meaning useless. Prajitam atho partham, atho apartham. Apartham means useless, it's a waste of time. Means atonement is a waste of time. Manye, I consider it like kunjara shaujava, just like an elephant taking bath. So it is fun for elephants to take bath, they like water. they using the trunk they pour water here there they shower the water they pump the water out they have a good time but after coming out from a lake or a pond which i have seen they again throw dust on their body so this is manye kunchara shautava manye means i consider kunchara shautava means just like an elephant taking bath so he rejected why because the simple proclivity the simple mentality is not purified so what's the point one may do some atonement one may contract for some simple activities that one may have performed because of, of course a person having some knowledge is always fearful about simple reaction because he knows that he or she is accountable for one's activities so that is intelligence being accountable is intelligence and no worries about whatever activities we perform that is foolishness so karma places in the position of accountability so we are accountable for everything and when one understand then one considers look i have done some many negative activities so i have a contract for that and that's why we get treasure presents karma kanda and atonement is part of that and there are many people who are very experts in this process of karma karma kanda So if we have done some simple activities, if we go to them, they will tell, okay, do some just such activities. However, we don't know the efficacy of that in the age of Kali. Even though such processes exist and even devotees can succumb to such uh, allurements. Devotees may consider, look, I have done this, I have done that. So I may have to do some demigod worship. We have our Kula Devata. So, devotees can also think about that. Kula Devata means family deities. If we don't worship our family deities, the life will be doomed. We may get some curse. So, even initiated devotees can be fearful about 
such kind of sinful reactions and one may adopt to such kind of worships which are not recommended according to bhakti yoga and after that he understood he maharaj parikshit very expertly presented that karma kanda and atonement are not going to really help anyone to purify the heart so one may contract for some simple reactions but one may perform another hundreds of sinful activities and one has to face concomitant reactions then shivaji goswami having understood the intelligence of parikshit maharaj moved on to gyan yoga so in gyan yoga he presented the whole process tapasa brahmacharyena shamena cha damena cha tyagena satya shojapya yamena niyamena cha so that was the i think that were the few verses before 13 and 14 the two verses before so he presented the process of gyan yoga which is being completely situated in knowledge and here you see the presentation of shukadev goswami is very logical but he said because of ignorance one is performing sinful activities even though one may counteract the sinful reactions by karmakantic activities still because the in, in the ignorance is inherent in a person and so he further commits sinful activities and because of that we had to give them knowledge in other word one has to be situated in knowledge and if one is situated in knowledge one is not going to perform any sinful activities so it's a very shastric logical statement from shivadev goswami and then he presents this process of being situated in knowledge so he he presents you know one has to perform austerities one has to perform celibacy one has to have a control over the senses one has to follow the rules and regulations and in that way if one is once intelligence is situated in spiritual knowledge then one will not commit sinful activities and in that way kshipyanti agham mahadapi even the mahadapi even the greatest of the sinful activities could be counteracted so that's why he and an example is given what is that venu gulmam ivanala venu gulmam ivanala so okay it is counteracted but the example is venu gulmam venu means bamboo venu gulmam the stock of the bamboo is growing up however what happens you can burn a bamboo tree in other words by the process of knowledge one can stop all sinful activities but what happens is when the right opportunity arises that is when the wind is blowing even though the stock of the bamboo is burnt to ashes still there are roots and they will again come up and they will again grow as a bamboo tree so this is an example the sinful seeds are not burnt into ashes so in this way shivadev goswami or in this conversation maharaj parikshit rejects both the processes of karma kanda and jnana kanda and then here as a conclusive statement shivadev goswami presents this verse what is the real process and that is kechit kevalaya bhaktiya so the process is kevala bhakti the process is kevala bhakti so we will discuss further about this bhakti so we'll read from purport and we'll continue our discussion and this is an amazing purport if one becomes attached to devotion service however his desires for material enjoyment are automatically vanquished without separate endeavor bhakti ിസ് he relinquishes his attachment for pious and impious activities and is interested only in what to satisfy krishna the process of bhakti devotional service to krishna vasudeva parayana releases one from reactions for activities 
Since Maharaj Parikshit was a great devotee, the answer of his Guru Shukadeva Goswami concerning Karmakanda and Jnanakanda could not satisfy him. Therefore, Shukadeva Goswami, knowing very well the heart of his disciple, explained the transcendental bliss of devotional service. The word Kechit, which is used in this verse, means a few people but not all. Not everyone can become Krishna conscious. A Krishna, as Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita 7.3, Manishyanam sahasreshu kashit yadadam siddhe tamabhidhanam kashin maambeti dattudaha. Out of many thousands among men, one may endeavor for perfection. And of those who have achieved perfection, hardly one knows me in truth. Practically, no one understands Krishna as he is. For Krishna cannot be understood through pious activities or attainment of the most elevated speculative knowledge. Actually, the highest knowledge, knowledge consists of understanding Krishna. Unintelligent men who do not understand Krishna are grossly puffed up, thinking that they are liberated or have themselves become Krishna or Narayan. This ignorance to indicate the sorry, this is ignorance. To indicate the purity of bhakti devotion service, Sri Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamal Sindhu 1111, bhakti One should render transcendental loving service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead favorably and without desire for material profit or gain through fruitive activities or philosophical speculation. That is called the devotional service. Srila Rupa Goswami further explains that bhakti is klesha subhada, which means one takes to devotional service all kinds of unnecessary labor and material distress can entirely and one achieve, can entirely, oh sorry, cease entirely and one achieves all good fortune. Bhakti is so powerful that it is also said to be moksha lahudakrit. In other words, it minimizes the importance of liberation. Here we will discuss the first part. So, in describing the process of Jnana Yoga and how it is going to be ineffective, Srila Prabhupada quotes this verse Shreyesh Sudim Bhaktim Udasyate Vibhoklishyanti Yekevala Bodhalandhe from Lord Brahma's prayer. It's a very important verse to understand that the speculators they may spend enormous amount of time. In studying Shastra, performing austerities, performing celibacy, practicing renunciation, still it is considered useless labor. So that's why Klishyanti, they practically they are going through a lot of difficulties. For what? Kevala Bodhalakdhe. So to realize one's spiritual identity as spirit soul, they may go through such austerity, still it is waste of time. Why? They are giving up bhakti. Bhakti udasya. They, they are not interested in bhakti. And so, they cannot really counteract the sinful reactions to the core. And here, in contrast, bhakti is presented. And the first statement of bhakti, Shilaprabhupada presented is from the 11th canto. What is that? Bhakti pareshan bhava. Very important verse to know again. Bhakti hi pareshanubhava. And pareshanubhava virakta. That is the first line. What are three aspects? Bhakti, devotion service. Pareshanubhava. One gets a direct perception of Krishna. Para Isha, the Supreme Lord. Transcendental Isha, transcendental Lord. His anubhava. One gets direct perception of the Lord. And then virakti, detachment. So bhakti hi pareshanubhava virakti. Hmm? And then anyatracha, how? Anyatracha esha trika ekakala. So I'll explain this line after going through. It's mentioning anyatracha esha trika ekakala. Trika means the three of them. Ekakala, one will get at once. Ekakala, at once. What? Bhakti. One will get devotion. As you progress in bhakti, you are getting three things simultaneously. One is devotion for, devotion for Krishna, affection for Krishna. Then, Parashanibha, one get direct perception of the Lord. 
and three is viracti detachment from matter so ekakala three one is getting at once and to to explain this a wonderful analogy is given prabatya manasya yatha ashnatah syuhu who for whom ashnatah yatha ashnatah one who is eating syuhu happens what happens one who is eating prasadam uh, okay this is eating this eating tushti tushti means satisfaction one gets happiness second pushti one gets nourishment and shud apayo one's hunger is mitigated shud apayo anukhasam anukhasam means each morsel so each morsel one is feeling oh this is very tasty this is very satisfying meanwhile one is getting nourishment and third one's hunger is mitigated so this example is given how one gets satisfaction nourishment and freedom from pangs of hunger similarly when one performs devotion service one develops affection for krishna one gets devotion for krishna simultaneously one gets direct perception of krishna and one gets detached from the material energy so very powerful verse so this verse shri prabhupad quotes in this context to narrate how bhakti is effective to free one from material reaction and the material proclivity to the core nirdhar kindu ja bhakti bhaja brahma samita bhakti nirdhar kindu ja bhakti bhaja so bhakti is such that it burns karmashayam gradually that will discuss later but when we talk about any aspect of bhakti it has the most profound impact to the core karmani nirdhari kintu ja bhakti bhaja so the nirdhari is mentioned nirdhari means the sinful reactions are burned to the core nirdhari not just dhari nirdhari completely burned nirdhari kintu ja bhakti bhaja for bhakti bhaja there also it is contrasting with non devotees even indra gopa to indra indra gopa is a worm and indra is lord indra in the heavenly plane all are subject to karma but karmani nirdhari kintu ja bhakti bhaja govinda madhi purusham tamaham bhajan so that the point is here the efficacy of bhakti is mentioned and shiva prabhupad makes another very important point i read that purport if one is advanced krishna consciousness material activities both sinful and pious automatically become distasteful to him both good reactions and bad reactions we don't want bad reactions for sure but can we say that we don't want the pious reactions for our activities can we say something good happening in life materially can we say no to that or in other words can we be transcendental to that or we are not affected by those good things that comes to our life or can we easily be elated by those things or can we use that in krishna service being aloof from that that is the case and prabhupada makes this point that is the taste of krishna consciousness so this is something we have to experience as it is mentioned tushti pushti krudapayo anukhasa so this is something we have to experience just as we are honoring prasadam for example you know we have classic stories even um, you know few decades back giriraj maharaj giriraj maharaj was from a very wealthy family and he was in india his parents their background of lawyers they flew from america to india and they put a blank check in front of giriraj maharaj and asked the proper if he if he can come with us you can fill how much money you want you can fill and you can take the money only thing giriraj maharaj then a brahmachari yes to leave krishna consciousness and join the family in america giriraj maharaj didn't do that 
So this is pious reaction. You can get as much money as you want. But no, a devotee will not do that. That's why there are examples of Goswamis. Even they had, they were, they had, they were in the high up in the society. They left everything to chavat as insignificant. And what they do? Kaupina kandhashritav. They accepted a loin cloth and kandhimala. That's it. They, had, they were wearing very simple clothes. Just one cloth. They left everything and they came to such a humble position because they had taste for Krishna. So distaste for material things is proportional to taste for Krishna. It's a very simple formula. So it's not it's nothing wrong to have reactions of pious activities or good things happening in life, but distaste is essential. One can use in Krishna's service, but distaste is essential if you want to use even good things that which are coming to our life in Krishna's service. That's the reason uh, we know this famous verse from by Srila Ruva Goswami. What is that? About Yukta Vairagya. Yuktam Vairagya Puchate. Anasatya Shishyan Yadharam Upayam Chataha. Yadharam Upayam Chataha. Nirbandha Krishna Sambandha Yuktam Vairagya Puchate. If you see this verse carefully, you can see that Anasakti Anasaktasya Vishaya. So one is, first of all, we always emphasize so much on utility is the principle, which is our Mahavakya from Prabhupada. Utility is the principle. But there are a few things to understand before that. First one has to be Anasaktasya Vishaya, money detachment from matter. Then only one can use it in Krishna's service properly. Anasaktasya Vishaya. Yadhaham Upayunchata. Yadhaham. In the proper way, it has to be utilized in Krishna's service. So it's not just somehow or other. And Nirbandha Krishna Sambandha. And there also Nirbandha. Detachment is mentioned. Why? Krishna Sambandha is connected to Krishna. And seeing the detachment is very important. And then only it can be utilized properly. Otherwise, we, we think that if I become a millionaire, billionaire, what's the problem? I can use everything in Krishna's service. Does that work? No. Material energy has power. That will drown us in material consciousness. So one has to be qualified to use material energy in Krishna's service. So this Yukta Vairagya is a very advanced principle. It's not a cheap principle. We may think you know, everything used in Krishna's service. No problem. I have, a, I have a great desire to have an expensive car. I'll use in Krishna's service. This is not really Yukta Vairagya. This is called Karma Mishra Bhakti. <laughs> Yukta Vairagya is very, very advanced. Whatever material desire we have, we want to fulfill that and okay, we can use some in Krishna service. That's called Karma Mishra Bhakti. We fulfill our material desire and partly for Krishna. So we need to distinguish between Karma Mishra Bhakti and Yukta Vairagya. Yukta Vairagya is a very advanced principle and introduced by, primarily propagated by Bhakti Siddhanta He wore big suit, coat. Okay, of course, he was wearing dhoti, he can see the photo. But he had a big jacket from top to the knee and wearing a big turban. And, and he rode motor car. Can you think about a sannyasi in, during that time wearing a jacket is impossible. It is an impossibility. <laughs> rejected. <laughs> Outright. Rejected from the ashram. It is completely Maya. We wore everything. And he spoke fluent English. And it is mentioned in Bhaktisiddhanta Vaibhava that one English lady visited that the, the king's palace where Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj was there for some time. That time, when this lady spoke to Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, she mentioned that the way he spoke and his demeanor was more British than a Britisher. <laughs> it was more British than a Britisher. So that's the way he carried himself. Why? To preach Krishna consciousness. To preach Krishna consciousness. So it is not for any other purpose. That is the way I 
Srila Prabhupada, he demonstrated Yukta Vairagya. You know, he had millions of dollars, if you think about it. He had hundreds of temples. He had so many books, so many followers, but he wasn't attached to anything. I had one lecture, his great Virgin Guru mentioning. He was sitting, uh, I don't know exactly which place, and one devotee asked, because now we have a big society, a lot of money, a lot of things to manage, uh, do you have anxiety? And Prabhupada sat back and he said, I have no anxiety. This is called detachment. No anxiety, everything belongs to you. So this is a very advanced platform that you need to understand. Mm-hmm. And in devotion service, many things can come. Fame, name, fame, etc. Very difficult to handle. And that's why great devotees, they didn't want fame. We know the classic example of Madhavendra Buddhi. He ran away from Ramana, right? He didn't want fame because he knew if this past time come to know that Krishna stored sweet rice for him, if he think like that, then people would glorify him and he didn't want the fame. So he ran away. Overnight he ran away to Puri. But of course Krishna had his plan. So by the time he reached there, this news spread everywhere. There is Madhavendra Puri, the great devotee. For him, the Lord Himself, personally the deity, stored sweet rice and kept us out. So this is a, it's a very high platform. Bhugarpa Goswami. In Vrindavan, when you go, you can go to the Radha Damodar Mandir, you can see the deity of uh, Bhugarpa Goswami. You know how he got, the, got that name? Bhugarpa, what is the meaning of Bhugarpa? Under the earth. Came under the earth, Bhugarpa. He got that name because he didn't want to be famous because he was doing Virjan Bhajan, you know, he was doing chanting all the time, very advanced, completely engaged in Krishna consciousness, which is a very advanced platform. We need service. We cannot sustain just by chanting. As Prabhupada said, we need service. Otherwise, we will be in passion, the mode of passion, and then ignorance. So we will be in trouble. Bhagavad Goswami was doing bhajan, and since he didn't want to be popular, and he didn't want any attractions and followers, he, he had a cave under the earth and he used to go inside and he used to chant. That's how his name became Bhugar Bhagosa. So this is advanced devotees. They don't want any kinds of so-called pious reactions which the whole world is longing for. This is the advanced platform. Hmm? So now, in our devotion service, practically speaking, we may have a good lifestyle. We may have good things happening in our life. And if we are not attached and we are eager to come to the temple and do service and be with the devotees and do service, do preaching, if we have that consciousness, then yes, we are getting this direct experience. Pareshan Bhava. We are actually getting the taste, tushti. So we can see in our life that we have to experience the satisfaction, tushti. How? We become indifferent to so-called good things in our life. Rather, we see, if it can be used in Krishna service, it's useful. Otherwise, otherwise, it's not useful. So that is the meaning of one should be elated in happiness, material happiness, or not disturbed in material distress. So meaning is that the material happiness, or the, when good things happen, for a devotee who is neophyte, immediately mind can go to sense gratification. It's, a, it's an automatic thing. When we are peaceful, Devotees are peaceful and if something good happens, it, the material enjoyment and material happiness is like a fever. It's an unnatural state for the soul, just like the distress. And so, there is a tendency for a neophyte devotee to go get into sense gratification or the mind can straight away go into sense gratification when something materially goes alright. So if one has freedom from that, it is a sign of advancement. So that is here. That is the Pareshana Bhava, that is Tushti that we have to experience. So for Krishna service, we have to take challenges. We have to get out from our comfort zone. There is no other choice. If you want to see the reciprocation of Krishna, we have to do something for Krishna. Otherwise, how can we see any reciprocation from Krishna? If you sit idle and we are not so qualified to chant all the time and be absorbed, we can see the mind wandering everywhere. So we have 16 rounds to chant. Or we may chant here and there, something extra for sure. But we had to be engaged in Krishna service. For example, now marathon is coming. 
Srila Prabhupada Prabhupada is coming from 24th of November till 24th of December. It's a great opportunity to get out from our comfort zone. Do something to distribute books. And this time uh, we have decided to primarily focus on hardbound books because Prabhupada wanted hardbound books to be distributed. He said it will stay for decades together. It's a reality. So you can just stay there somewhere and it will keep preaching over the years. So we want to do more of a hardbound marathon. So we have ordered hardbound Bhagavad Gita in various languages, primarily in English, of course. So it's a great opportunity. We had to take boxes and distribute them. And then we see Krishna's power, his empowerment. If you have a target, okay, I want to distribute 500 books, then Krishna will empower us how to do it. Krishna will give us intelligence. If you don't have the desire to do that, then why do we need intelligence? So that's why if you want to see Krishna's reciprocation and if you want to see aloof from material happiness or distress, preaching is a great opportunity. Book distribution is a great opportunity. We, we push it. <laughs> we had to push it. You know, we all have that experience during marathon. We just push it. Whatever it is, just go for it. And we see that we go beyond some degree physical limitations. We can stretch for more hours. Whatever we feel, the books are going. We are tired. We don't know what we are feeling, but books are going. So we need the such kind of experiences. So some of the best experiences that I have uh, in my Krishna consciousness are during marathon. I can still remember, uh, you know, one of my initial marathons many years back. And uh, that time also, that's interesting, that time also we were doing hardbound Bhagavad Gita. And it was a pleasure to do, distribute hardbound Bhagavad Gita. And then we started discuss soft, softbound Bhagavad Gita and we got a taste for that. <laughs> because it's easier to give. And then now after a few years we are again getting back to hardbound Bhagavad Gita, which is very good. I still remember uh, standing in Swanson Street and you know, trying, trying to do you know, the final few Bhagavad Gita, you know, the last day of marathon, uh, the day before Christmas, you know, just pushing in the night, you know, giving out some Bhagavad Gita and I had this last one Bhagavad Gita, I just somehow that I want to give. And you know, someone came along, you know, when I was still like I remember a tall Aussie guy from, from the country, you know, a bit like a hippie. And you know, giving me and he said, you know, this book is really good, show some photos. He said, yeah, it's too easy, here we go. How much? Yeah, $15, no problem, take 20. I was you know, so happy, you know, it's like that, you know. So yes, we need such kind of experiences in bhakti. Hmm? So that is explained, it is very rare. So we will now go through word by word, slowly as we read. First word in this is kechit. Prabhupada explains very beautifully this word kechit. Kechit means only a rare person. It is not for the masses in one sense. It is for the class. So that is kechit. Only someone, not everyone. And Prabhupada explains that based on Manishyanam Sahasreshu Kaschit Yatati Siddhe Rutamadhi Siddhanam Kaschit Mambeti Dattodaha not everyone, you know, only maybe thousands may, millions of people may try for perfection. But how many actually come into perfection? Humans, only very few, provide not very few, that is Bhagavad Gita saying, thousands of men try for perfection. But even those who achieved perfection, only one may know in truth about Krishna. So this is the rare, rareness of Krishna consciousness. So given, given that, Kejit also is explained by Acharyas that one who takes up bhakti as the main process, not as a secondary process. Because if you ask many people, especially Hindus, many people may do some bhakti. They may come to temple, they may chant some Hare Krishna or some other Krishna mantras. That is okay. But there the bhakti is a secondary process. They have under other things and on top of that I will chant on Hare Krishna good. But that is not considered as rare. What is rare is bhakti as the prime process. So our main purpose is to perform bhakti. And here in the translation, Prabhupada explains what kind of bhakti. We will go through that. That is Kevala bhakti. 
കേവലയ ഭക്തി അനുശീല പ്രഭുത്വം എക്സ്പ്ലെയിൻ ദാറ്റിൻ അന്യാഭിലാഷിതാശൂന്യം ജ്ഞാനകർമാദ്യനാവൃതം അനുകൂലിയന കൃഷ്ണാനുശീലനം ഭക്തിരുത്തമ സോ ഡിഫൈൻസ് വാട്ട് ദ റിയൽ ഭക്തി non devotees must undergo material hardship because they are prone to commit sinful fruity activities the desire to commit commit sinful act, actions continues in their heart due to ignorance these sinful actions are divided into three categories padaka mahapadaka and adipadaka and also into two divisions division prarabdha and aprarabdha prarabdha refers to sinful reactions from which one is suffering at the present and aprarabdha refers to sources of potential suffering when the seeds bija of sinful reactions have not yet fructified the reactions are called aprarabdha the seeds of sinful actions are unseen but they are unlimited and no one can trace when they were first planted because of prarabdha sinful reactions that have already fructified one is seen to have taken birth in a low family or to be suffering from other miseries when one takes to devotional service however all phases of sinful life including prarabdha aprarabdha and bija are vanquished in shrimad bhagavatam 11 14 19 lord krishna tells uddhava yathagnir samshut sam yathagnir susmrtha archi in a verse spoken during lord kapiladev's instruction to his mother devahuti devahuti said yannamadheya shravananukirtanat yat pravarnat yasmaranad vikvaje swado visadya savanaya kalpate kudapunaste bhagavannu darshanat my dear lord if, a, if even a person born in a family of dog eaters hears and repeats the chanting of your glories often respects you and remember you remembers you he is immediately greater than a brahmana and is therefore eligible to perform sacrifices therefore what is to be said of one who has seen you directly in the bhagavad purana there is a statement that persons whose hearts are always attached to the devotion service of lord vishnu are immediately released from all the reactions of sinful life these reactions generally exist in four phases some of them are ready to produce results immediately some are in the form of seeds some are unmanifested and some are current all such reactions are immediately nullified by devotional service when devotional service is present in one's heart desires to perform sinful activities have no place there sinful life is due to ignorance which means forgetfulness of one's constitutional position as an eternal servant of god but when one is fully krishna conscious he realizes that he is god's eternal servant in this regard shila jivagoswami comments that, that bhakti may be divided into two divisions santata devotion service that continues incessantly with faith and love and to kadachitiki kadachitiki sorry kadachitiki devotion service that does not continue in incessantly but is sometimes awakened incessantly flowing devotion service santata may also be divided into two categories service performed with slight attachment and two spontaneous devotion service intermittent devotion service kada chitki may be divided into three categories raga bhasa mai devotion service in which one is almost attached <coughs> raga bhasa shunya swaroopa bhuta devotion service in which there is no spontaneous love but one likes the constitutional person of serving and three aapasaroopa a slight glimpse of devotion service as for atonement 
if one has caught even a slight glimpse of devotion service all needs of no need to undergo prayashita atonement are superseded <coughs> therefore atonement is certainly unnecessary when one has achieved spontaneous attachment spontaneous love and above that attachment with love which are signs of increasing advancement in kada chitki even in the stage of apasa rupa bhakti all the reactions of sinful life are uprooted and vanquished sila jiva goswami expresses the opinion that the word kaatsyena means that even if one has a desire to commit sinful actions the root of that desire are vanquished merely by abhasa rupa bhakti the example of bhaskara the sun is most appropriate the abhasa feature of bhakti is compared to twilight and accumulation of one sinful activities is compared to fog since fog does not spread throughout the sky the sun need do not do no more than merely manifest its first rays and the fog immediately disappears similarly if one has even a slight relationship with devotional service all the fog of a sinful life is immediately vanquished so this is very important section because shila prabhupad amazingly presents the the cycle of sinful reaction right hmm? prabhupad primarily uh, mentions that there is uh, different kinds of sinful activities pataka mahapataka atipataka in sanskrit pataka means crime <laughs> sinful action so you know great greater greatest so it's like that one is crime then a greater crime and the greatest crime that is pataka atipataka and mahapataka and then atipataka so uh, you know relative and then finally superlative so here we can see even if one performs all the sinful reactions so we know the cycle why one does sinful activities according to nectar devotion that's what prabhupada is corroborating here because of ignorance avidya and because of ignorance one one will have okay one does sinful activities before sinful activities what is before sinful activities no desire desire so that is called bija the seeds of sinful activity so there is avidya on top from there the seeds bija and from bija papa sinful activities right from the desire sinful activities one part and because of that sinful activities what is the next reaction yeah. reaction what kind of reaction sinful reaction but what kind sinful reactions in uh, unmanifested unmanifested instead so whatever sinful activities one may perform immediately there is a sinful reaction but it is instead it is unmanifested it is there so that is called aprarambha it's not yet manifested so there is avidya there is seeds there is a sinful activity there is aprarambha unmanifested sinful reaction and just give the time it can be few seconds it can be few minutes it can be few days few weeks few months few years or few lifetimes it is going to manifest then it is called prarabdha it's called manifested sinful reaction then because one commits sinful activities and it is stored and unmanifested sinful reaction there is an effect of that what is that kutam or proclivity tendency and tendency will further create sinful desires so this is a vicious cycle so there is this sinful desires sinful activities unmanifested manifested and from there again proclivity that will create more seeds so this vicious cycle continues and that's why in this purport as well as in nectar devotion rupa goswami very clearly mentions how each and every aspect of sinful reactions are vanquished by the process of bhakti yoga here prabhupada quotes appropriate verses just like the 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 fire burns the fuel into ashes in no time any fuel you supply will burn into ashes how much our supply of fuel fuel is it just burns similarly 
how much our, our amount of sinful activities one may have performed, everything will be burnt into ashes by devotion service. And this verse is specifically referring to what sinful reactions. So in this cycle, starting from Bija, Avidya, Bijam, Papam, Aprarabdha, Kutam, and then again Bijam, and finally this Aprarabdha is the, the current manifestation for reaction. So this verse, we you know which what is actually being burned. There are unlimited supply of sinful activities, so there are concomitant reactions. Everything will be burned into ashes. Yes, specifically, this is this verse is specifically pointing to unmanifested, right? Aprarantha is specifically pointing to Aprarantha because there is we don't know how much is there. So it's like an unlimited multiple lifetimes to come. But everything will be burnt now by devotion service. So that's why this verse is quoted. And then the next verse is Even a person from the background of dog eater, Samanaya Kalpate, he can perform Vedic sacrifice which is reserved only for qualified Brahmanas. But even a person from a Dogita family can perform Vedic rites. So this is Prarabdha. This is manifestation to reaction. If we are born in a sinful circumstance or if we are performing sinful activities, that is Prarabdha. It's a manifestation to reaction. So we cannot blame anyone. Because of, I was born in such and such family, everyone was eating meat. Because we wanted that. We ate meat because we wanted that. <laughs> Not because of anyone else. So that is manifestation to reaction. Unfavorable circumstances. But even that can be transformed now by devotional service. So that is Shadobi Sandhya Samanaya It is possible. In fact, uh, Jeeva Goswami gives an interesting commentary uh, to this section in uh, Bhaktira Sandhya not in Bhagavatam. He mentions that in if according to the basic circumstances, if they are not allowed, to perform sacrifices, still one is qualified. If one wants to perform devotion, Vedic sacrifice, not if he is not going back, come back to God, he is as a desire to devotion, Vedic sacrifices, born here. And if the society is not allowing him this lifetime, he can go and he can come back. Next lifetime, he will be born in such a circumstance, he can again perform all the Vedic sacrifices. So if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, next lifetime it will happen. But that's not our aim. Our aim is to perform devotion. So this is interesting that that uh, prarabdha karma is also burnt into ashes hmm. and ultimately the prarabdha karma is completely burnt when he when he loses body when he gets the spiritual body then the prarabdha karma is completely burnt till then we have to carry our prarabdha karma even though it's helping us to do devotion service so it is actually a it is a vehicle to perform devotion service that is our body and the mind which has to be cared for hmm. so that is here, so that is about Prarabdha. So in this, the first one, all this unmanifestation for reaction, everything is burnt into ashes. And in fact, in that section in Nectar Devotion, Prabhupada quotes other verses from Guru Goswami. What from Bhagavatam? Yet Pala Palasa Vilasa Shaktiya Karmashyam Gridhana Mudkirvendi Santa. Very nice verse. Tadvanna Ritta Ratayova Yatiyo Virutha Shrodo Gramasta Aranam Bhaja Basadeva. Sir, we have there we focus on this point that is Karmashim Gradhita Udgradhenti Santaha. The heart knows in the heart. Karmashim Gradhi. Please think about this point. Karmashim Gradhati. That is the heart notes which are formed in our heart. In other words, the strong material attachments that we may have. Isn't it? It is so difficult to give up. It is like it always comes. Many times it is compared to hard note. Because hard note, we cannot just take it out. We can try. Long time, it is very difficult. So it is a note in the heart. We are so attached, we are so bound to bad habits. Or bad thoughts. So many things. It comes. So that is karmashya. Gradhitam. That is bound. But Utgradhenti Sandaha. Sandaha, the devotees Utgradhenti. They can untie. Manpulling. Okay, the whole note is gone. Even though the hard note, devotion service chanting, it is gone. And this verse is quoted to explain what 
simple part or simple reaction or whatever is removed in that cycle, vanquished in that cycle, the, it's coming to the core. Yes, it is the desire in itself and the proclivity included. They are already vanquished. That can be done. Why? By worshipping the lotus feet of the Lord. And Palasa Vidasa Bhaktiya. One can remove. This is also again Kumara Satyalink of Pradhumara. Prabhupada of the court. This one there who is being quoted here. And then Nectar Devotion also gives just like uh, in, when there is a forest fire, even the snakes are burned. Similarly, any sinful desires and ignorance, everything will be burned to the core by the process of devotion service. So it is very promising. And then it is actually a life of a devotee. I will explain briefly and conclude. It's a life of a devotee. Hmm? So it is like here it is mentioned after mentioning the Anya Vlashashunyam verse in the purport, it is mentioned. Bhakti will manifest Klesha, Bhini and Shubhada. This is the process of as one goes through the Bhajana Kriya and when one comes to Nishta, this will happen. So we can take a simple example, just like a devotee or not a devotee, you know, just walking on the street, Mr. Mr. X, Y or Z, you know, walking on the street, gets a book or meets some devotees in Haridam and then, oh yeah, it's very interesting. Let me try. This is a beginning because there was some Ajnana Sikruti from the previous life, he's able to appreciate. That's interesting. Let me try out. So, read something, may associate a little bit with the devotees. That is from Virasadha to Sadh Sangha. After all, these people are not too bad. This is the beginning of devotional service. And in the association of the devotees, one may start a little bit chanting Hare Krishna. Still one may not be following all the regulatory principles. Chanting may not be proper, may not be situated, but something will start. This is the life of a devotee. And then one sees that, okay, these people are actually really good. And this knowledge is really very amazing. This is, I haven't seen anything like this. And as one studies more and more, one starts seeing, really, I have never seen anything like this. And I can feel a relief. So this is the beginning. So one is actually starting very very initial stages of bhajana kriya and one is getting spiritual realization then and there and when one sees Krishna's form one is attract, attracted to the Lord's form and one feels I have never seen anything like this this can happen from a very beginning devotee so Jiva Goswami explains that the interesting aspect of bhakti is that one can see the prayojana the ultimate result of bhakti even being a Neophyte. One can get a perception of that even being a neophyte. One can see what is Vrindavan like, how beautiful is Krishna when one is a neophyte. So, this is the process of bhakti. Whereas, Jnana Yoga, one cannot see that. One can talk as much as one wants about Brahman, but one doesn't know what it is. I still remember, you know, during my teens, I was into spirituality, looking what is what. And I asked my dad also into all the kind of things. So, so many books were there, so I was reading books. I asked him, what is this Brahman realization? What is this Brahman? Tell me. <laughs> reading, I really can't understand what is Brahman. Everything is talking about Brahman because it's all personal stuff. Then people are giving many explanations. What is this? Explain to me. I cannot really understand. He explained something, something. I am sure that time he didn't understand, neither me. So this is... This is other processes. No one can understand what is it. But bhakti, one can understand. Eat a gulab jamun, one can understand what is bhakti. Right? As simple as that. That is Pareshanubhava. Bhakti Pareshanubhava. Vilektir Anyatra. So this is direct perception of the reality. So then, one becomes more fixed in chanting. Chanting 16 rounds, associating with the devotees. Now following regulatory principles. So this is again the beginning stage of Bhajana Kriya. Then one actually takes initiation from a spiritual master. Then one is qualified. And that's why one can say officially starting Bhajana Kriya. Or the practice of devotion service. That is the, one is officiating into the entire parampara. And that is a real Bhajana Kriya in one sense. Of course, one is being elevated 
from the time understanding Hare Krishna. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. It's not that the Bhakti Guru initiation was useless. It's not like that. But that is an official enrollment into the parampara. And then the official bhajana kriya. And that bhajana kriya, one may go for few decades. <laughs> In that process, one will experience. Okay. Heart is getting slowly cleansed. Many unwanted things are coming to our face. Oh, really? So still, one has to pursue devotional service. One may find it very difficult. One may be pulled down by our own mind and material energy. Still, one shouldn't stop. Just keep going. And that's where, when one comes, this is the practice of Anishta Bhajana Kriya. Anishta Bhajana Kriya means unsteady devotional service. So keep going. And it can take a few decades. Then slowly one will come to Nishta Bhajana Kriya. Where, as is mentioned in this purport, two qualities will be manifested. Which are then Kleshagini, not much disturbances, very minimal disturbances, and Shubhada, one will manifest good qualities. So all the devotees will manifest very good qualities. It's just a matter of time. Even though we may have bad qualities, it will be natural. But it's just a matter of time. Good qualities will manifest more and more as time progresses. So this is a real story. So what we are reading is a real story. This is not it is not theory. This kajit kevalaya bhaktiya vasudeva parayanaha agham dhunyanti kasyana. We are now going through that. Agham dhunyanti. Sinful reactions are slowly going away. And then we will come to the final section. That is Jiva Goswami's analysis. That is bhakti is classified into two. Santata and kata chitti. So santata means incessant flow of devotion service. We wish, but it is far away. And that can be again classified with spontaneous attachment for Krishna and without spontaneous attachment for Krishna. Or one is Vaidhi according to like Rajadi principle and one is Raganuga, where one is naturally one is attracted to Krishna by through the devotees of Vrindavan. So one is attracted to a particular devotee in Vrindavan, one wants to devote to service in that mood. So that is spontaneous. So Santata is very high class. Let's come to the next one. Kadajiti, which is intermittent. Our bhakti is intermittent in the sense that we cannot be absorbed in Krishna all the time. So that's why we have a regulated process where we are forced to think about Krishna. We are forced to speak about Krishna. We have to do service so we are aligning ourselves to Krishna's program somehow or other. So this is Kadajiki which is, first one is Raga Bhasamai, devotion service in which one is almost attached. So this is also Okay. Next level is Raga Bhasa Shunya Surugabhuda, which is more relatable. But there is no spontaneous attachment. But at the same time, one knows that this is my constitutional position as a servant. I am such and such Das or Dasi, so I will serve. And the next one is Abhasa Rupa, a slight glimpse of devotion service. Now, this is mentioned because the fog is dissipated when sun's first rays come. It's not that the sun has to completely come up in the sky. In the initial rays can dissipate the fog. Similarly, the beginning of bhakti, even in the stage of Abhasa Rupa, so we, have, we will be at least in Abhasa Rupa. Even if we continue Abhasa Rupa, that is sufficient to vanquish all sinful reactions. So that is the point made. This is showing that power of bhakti. In comparison to Jnana Yoga and Karma Yoga, Karma Kanda, etc. Its efficacy is demonstrated. And its practicality is also demonstrated. So see this. So initial fog is enough. If we go to Vrindavan, this is a good, you know, December if you go there, you see December, January, fog, so much of fog. Morning you get up, you can't see, in a, in a few meters, you know, maybe one meter you can see. After that you can see so much of fog. But as soon as the sun rises, or the sun rays come, sun doesn't come in the sky, but the sun rays come, the fog is removed. Similarly, even the beginning practice of bhakti can remove the sinful reactions. And as we go further, what happens? Pushti, Tushti and what is the next one? Kshut Apaya. Anubhasa. Anubhasa. Each and every morsel. One gets satisfaction. 
one get nourishment and freedom from pangs of hunger that is bhakti pareshanubhava and virakti so kechit kevalaya bhaktiya vasudeva parayanaha agham dhunyandi kasiyana kasiyana is also explained what is the explanation of kasiyana it is to the core and uh, that's why abhasruga coming you know it is completely this destroyed kasiyana hmm? so very important to know it's kasiyana it is this you know it is destroyed to the core as we explained earlier the translation is selling completely with no possibility that simple desire will be why that much so the root the bija is also burnt everything is burnt hare krishna thank you any quick question or is already time up <laughs> okay thank you yeah okay so simply when we mentioned that uh, you know uh, my question is essentially why is yana unable to uh, destroy the root of sinfulness the reason is the question is why yana yoga cannot uproot the sinful tendencies completely the reason is the realization is not complete as we explained earlier we need attachment for detachment <laughs> because we we are we, we have to be attached to something so if you need to have a full attachment that has to be for krishna then only there can be full attachment and then one can have complete detachment since the realization in brahman is not complete because it's only sat aspect of the supreme it's not chit and ananda are not realized and by nature we want relationship and that can only be satisfied in connection to krishna and since it is not completely fulfilled there will be traces of attachment so that is what is mentioned here so prabhas maharaj is we we know that famous verse from the 10th canto chapter 2 galpasudhi ayukya prasena param padam tatha apadantyato anaruddha yushmadangaya one can perform lot of austerities as prabhas quotes in the same purport hmm? very important verse has been quoted by kevala bodhasude shreyasudim bhakti mudasyate vibho krishnadiye kevala mudha buddhi bodhalabhe so much of austerities are performed but it is insufficient because by nature we are loving and we have to love the lord had love krishna and we had to do that loving devotion to this and that can only satisfy the lord bhagavatam first canto e atma suprasiddhi that's only where the atma will be suprasiddhi fully satisfied and since that is not achieved in yana yoga so it is considered incomplete so in bhagavatam krishna saying the yana yoga sadisham yes nahi yana yoga sadisham yes for chapter bhagavatam so what did what yana is krishna so that is divya gyan divya gyan hridi prakasito it's not brahma gyan yeah divya gyan hridi prakasito we say are we talking about brahma gyan no we are talking about divya gyan that is knowledge about us and krishna our relationship bhakti so bhakti knowledge is bhakti itself so that sambandha yes starting from sambandha yeah starting from sambandha which will be more mature as abhidaya and prayojana so gyana uh, for devotees it is bhakti bhagavatam it's not gyana studying bhagavatam is bhakti it's not gyana it's not just a process of knowledge it isn't so we are thank you grandashiva bhagavatam ki jai shila prabhupad ki jai